Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the Extra Point is good. Number two of Extra Point on this Thursday, June 22nd. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today, as we typically do. Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Tune in right here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com, and with the KDOS 1060 app, powered by Superbook Sports. We'll get into the Arizona Diamondbacks as their makeup game against the Washington Nationals is underway. We'll take a brief look back at yesterday's contest as well and go around me. Major League Baseball. But before we do, let's reset the scene with today's poll questions. And we'll start with the KDOS1060.com poll question, which is, do you agree with the Suns' apparent complete neglect of adding any depth? And we remain in a 50-50 split between yes and no. Yeah, I think that's an accurate answer from the from the uh, voters so far. You know, who knows what's going on here? At least I have no idea what's going on here. Uh, they may not have any picks tonight. If uh, you know the reports are accurate, that the part of the Bradley Beal trade includes the 52nd pick, and then they'd have nobody. Uh, but I guess the you know, the two uh, you know former high schoolers and non-college guys that the one well, one guy didn't go to college, the other one did for a while. Uh, but you know, I guess that's that's their bench uh, right now, along with campaigns. So uh, good luck. We'll answer this question shortly around 11.30. Tossing it on over to Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. Who should Charlotte select with the second pick of tonight's NBA draft? Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller? Brandon Miller leading the way at 55.6% of the vote. Scoot, I kind of just like saying that, Scoot, 44.4%. Yeah, whoever came up with that nickname is, I don't know if he was thinking of his NBA future because, you know, it's like the star NBA players are either known by their first names or their nicknames or whatever. But uh, whoever uh, gave him that name and for whatever reason, uh, I think that's uh, I've never even seen the guy play other than the highlights. And so yeah, I assume he can scoot, but uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, this is uh, once again to repeat, um, you know, you know, the betting market and uh, you know, just depending on which uh, NBA insider you believe in, Earlier this week, uh, Woe's reporting that uh, between those two guys, the by far workout uh, that was more impressive in Charlotte was from Miller, and uh, he went from basically a pick'em less than a week ago uh, with Scoot to minus 400 that to be the second pick of the draft. Uh, Miller was uh, at at that point minus 400, Uh, but then there's reports out there today with Shams and others apparently indicating the complete opposite so tune in tonight i guess Ah, that's what they want us to do the smoke screens are are abundant and so we have to watch to find out what happens uh that'll be tonight's draft 5 p.m abc and espn and we'll answer the twitter poll question around 11 30. let's get into things with and, and if you're really smart nba tv which usually has the best draft analysis and not all the fluff fluff and crap on espn and abc 
Uh, we will get into Major League Baseball here with the Diamondbacks playing their makeup game against the Nationals here. Uh, makeup game from a couple of weeks ago. And right now they're in the bottom of the fourth with the Diamondbacks on top two to one. You have another Tommy Henry start here. He's through four innings. He's given up five hits, one run, one walk, three strikeouts, uh, one home run. I know we've been busy doing the show here, uh, so maybe not 100% paying full attention to his start yeah he's getting hit hard i mean uh, it's amazing that he gets anybody out in my opinion um doesn't strike out enough guys go through that whole swing and miss thing and um you know same things happening here quite frankly and uh you know if he's he's managed to get through this and the diamondbacks last run scored uh, largely because yeah corbin carroll got on base and stole second he went to third when the uh, Nationals could not make a play on a routine infield pop-up, and then they scored. Uh, Carroll scored on a sacrifice fly. So the get them on, get them over, and get them in, uh, popular baseball phrase. And the Diamondbacks did that in large part because the Nats couldn't make a routine play on an infield pop-up. Uh, so we go back to yesterday here. The Diamondbacks topped the Brewers 5-1. to one. It was a Zach Allen start, seven innings, three hits, one run, four strikeouts, one home run. Scott McGuff comes in, two innings, four strikeouts for him. Uh, I just want to briefly touch on what you saw from Zach Gallen here before I get into Alec Thomas. Yeah, I think that the Gallon thing was, uh, you know, he hasn't been good on the road this year. I didn't realize how bad his road numbers were. I always talk about how great he's been at home for, uh, you know, 14 starts now. He's won 12 of those, his last 14 starts at home going back to last season. Uh, but you know, his numbers on the road, and a couple of these are a little skewed, but not that much. Obviously, he had a really bad start in Detroit a couple of Sundays ago. But he was uh, in complete control yesterday. Yeah, it's not like the Brewers are a dynamic offense, however, but he was, uh, they gave up the one run in seven innings. That's a second consecutive start against one of the worst offensive teams in baseball, quite frankly, because the Guardians last Friday night are, in some cases, the absolute worst offensive team in baseball. But Gallon now, two straight starts. He's allowed one run in seven innings. Yesterday, he gave up just three hits, walked one. Uh, very efficient. Uh, 91 pitches in those seven innings, 49 strikes. And Gallon and Merrill Kelly are now uh, both at nine wins. They're the only teammates in baseball that have at least nine wins as starting pitchers. And you know, because of the Tommy Kellys of the world and whoever else they try to throw into a starting rotation, uh, they need to pretty much win every game that Gallon and Kelly start because – I don't think uh, you know, it's a guarantee that any other Diamondback starting pitcher in their organization right now, whether it be guys that have been here and got sent back to AAA or whether it's the guys that are still here, I don't know how you could really count on a quality start from any of them. Count on is a key word. I know that the Diamondbacks have won Kelly's last five starts, but that has almost entirely uh, everything to do with run support, and the last game that Kelly started in one last set, well, they won last Saturday night. He benefited from four spectacular defensive plays, and every one of those plays saved runs that could have easily resulted in if those plays weren't made in five or six more runs. 
I wanted to get your impressions of Alec Thomas. Uh, he's back in the lineup again today. Uh, three for five yesterday, one RBI. He's now back with the Diamondbacks after being sent down to AAA. So it's a small sample size since he's been back. But what do we like about him? What do we, what do we like about his bat? Was being sent down to AAA a good thing? Apparently, uh, based on you know, you know three games and six hits and 13 at-bats, but uh, going back to even last year uh, and so far in, in early this year before he got sent to AAA, he was anemic. Um, you know, I don't want to say automatic out, but it was almost surprising when he reached base. He's a tremendous outfielder. Uh, they've got lots of those guys, but of all the outfielders they have that can go get the ball, he's the best defender. Um, so that's on his side, but I'm not going to jump the gun here and say, Ooh, okay. He's, they fixed Alex Tom, Alex Thomas here, uh, based on three games. That's it, nice. And, uh, you know, he also has just been atrocious in his, uh, major league career, just, you know, you know, small sample size, as they say in the last year and the start of this year, he has been atrocious against left-handed pitchers. So I think that'll be the, the maybe the real true test of you know, whether he's figured things out. Uh, this coming from Daniel Kaplan, who uh, covers the the business side of. Um the, the the sports world, if you will, and uh, he's reporting that Diamond Sports Group, the owner of the Bally Regional Sports Network, has filed in bankruptcy court to reject the Arizona Diamondbacks TV contract. So that means it's walking away from the deal. He'll have more developments about this later, uh, but this was a potential possibility after uh, everything had unfolded with the Diamond Sports Group in general. We already saw this happen with the San Diego Padres. From my understanding, the contract uh, payment is due on July 1st. So that means we have uh, a week or so, a couple of weeks away from this now moving into motion where the games won't be carried on Bally Sports Arizona. So we'll have to see what direction things move. Uh, But the the Diamondbacks were not the only team that uh, has a July 1st deadline, but it's the only team I'm seeing so far being reported that uh, Diamond Sports Group would not be making its payment. I have no idea how to react to this. Other than the fact, I just find it impossible to believe when you have a first-place team that's playing this well that the Diamondbacks organization or the local television market would not pick up their game somewhere. You would certainly have to hope so. Uh, We already had seen what the Suns were able to do with a particular local group. So I don't I I would also have to think as well that knowing that this is a possibility, there have been talks ongoing to see what's possible, what's not possible. So we'll have to wait to see uh, what potentially unfolds here for uh, for options to watch games locally. I know that Major League Baseball had previously said that uh, if these things become a default, that Major League Baseball would take over and make sure that there's access to it. But I know that the access has been a little bit confusing for Padres fans uh, in terms of the national element of it, but a local element did kick in for, for the Padres as well. Yeah, they they've uh, you know there's been a couple games that weren't on, but uh, you know I don't know what station it is, but some local station in, in San Diego has picked them up. And actually, at this point, if you're a Padres fan, maybe you don't want to watch them play.
We'll get into that on the other side of the break as we'll go around uh, Major League Baseball. Some games from yesterday, some games today. There's some other games ongoing as well. Not many on the docket, though, today. Only, uh, I think, eight games in Major League Baseball. So we'll dive into all Thurs- of Thursday. At the, uh, part of back to that scheduling thing, they've done a really good job of scheduling off days this year. And obviously the Diamondbacks were supposed to be off today, as was Washington. Uh, but that's a makeup game. But uh, the, the, there's very few Thursday games in comparison to the rest of the week. And that's, you know, a really good thing for players and travel, et cetera. Excellent scheduling by Major League Baseball there. Also, if you'd like to join the program, you can 602-260-1060. Give us a call now. We'll talk to you on the other side of the break. It is the Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. Catch the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. right here on KDUS AM 1060 and online at KDUS1060.com. Welcome back to Extra Point, 1120 here on KDUS AM 1060 on this Thursday, June 22nd. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortelaro with you up until noon today, as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Fridays, furthering our Major League Baseball conversation. Going back to last night, the Rays, or actually this was a a day game yesterday. The Rays did in fact go on to beat the Orioles yesterday, 7-2. The Orioles are off today, but the Rays do play. Uh, They host the Royals later on this afternoon. Yeah, it's kind of like a a forfeit uh, because they're playing the Royals, so they win. Um, (laughs) You know, I think you make a case that you, know, you can take take your pick. You know, I, I said for weeks that the Athletics are the worst team that uh, this century in Major League Baseball, as currently constructed with injuries and just underperforming players, I think you can make a case that Kansas City and Detroit are now worse than Oakland. Uh, then you have the Reds coming back to beat the Rockies yesterday, 5-3. to three. The Reds extend their winning streak. They're off today, but then they'll have a big test upcoming against the Braves. Yeah. And the Braves have won like eight or nine in a row again, right? So, yeah, this will be fun. And they're playing in Cincinnati, so I guess it's going to be a home run derby. Uh, the Braves are playing right now. Uh, they obviously got rained out yesterday. And uh, the Braves' uh, you know, pitching rotation – not exactly what they were planning for this upcoming weekend, so we'll see if the, how much that might change and so forth. But uh, you know they're playing the Phillies right now, and there's no score in the the Phillies and Braves game today in the, in the fifth inning. But uh, the the Reds have played great, and uh, you know terrible. I should know this, but uh, they've won like what ten in a row, eleven in a row, a hundred in a row. They may never lose again, apparently. Uh, but you know they've. Uh, their young players have made a big difference. Um, I don't think that uh, some of the young players uh, that have made the bigger difference are getting enough credit. And a couple of the phenoms that are being called, the you know, like going to, they've already put them in the Hall of Fame. Uh, those guys are actually not as good as some of their more fundamentally sound, and they actually know how to play baseball. Younger guys, uh, their uh, counterparts, uh, but uh, it'd be very interesting to see how they do against uh, what is the best team in the National League, in my opinion. And the Braves still don't have their pitching staff back and likely will not have their 
pitching staff intact, if they even have it at all this season, until after the All-Star break. Uh, for the Braves and Phillies game that is in the top of the fifth right now with no score, Bryce Elder, four innings, one hit, one walk, three strikeouts. Aaron Nola, four and two-thirds, one hit, two walks, and three strikeouts. I did see Aaron Nola's name floated out there as a potential trade piece. Uh, would that surprise you at all if the Phillies are looking to offload? It would, only because it's the National League and the uh, rules dictate that you have to have X number of teams in the playoffs. And uh, the National League, quite frankly, is not good. Um, and there's many, many, many bad teams in baseball, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, the American League playoff uh, you know, participants, are it's going to be much stronger than the National League. You know, Nola's contract's up at the end of the year. He's been very public, uh, you know, for whatever, you know, social media or you know, word of mouth, uh, his his mouth, uh, of how there doesn't seem to be any contract negotiation talks or progress, et cetera, or extension talks. So I'm guessing that that's why his name is out there. I would think that they would have to just go completely wrong and lose a billion games before the trade deadline if they actually dealt him uh but you know they weren't very good before they had that you know incredible streak that included the uh, winning the series last week against the diamondbacks uh they weren't i think inconsistent at best before june and then they until this week when they played the braves whom they never beat uh for pretty much five years except for the playoffs last year uh, but, uh, you know, how good are the Phillies? But, you know, like I said, you know, X number of teams, somebody has to make the playoffs in the National League, so might as well be them. The Astros topped the Mets yesterday 10-8, uh, to 8, but this sparked uh, – uh, some interesting comments that I saw from Rob Manford, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, in reference to what happened with the Astros a couple of years ago with the sign-stealing scandal uh, that he said, maybe not my best decision ever when he admitted that maybe granting the Astros players immunity was not the way to go. Also, a quote here from him, once we gave players immunity, it puts you in a box as to what exactly you were going to do in terms of punishment i'm a little perplexed as to why this is a story i mean that's many years ago there's only a couple players on the current astros which is kind of all i care about that were even on that team so move on i guess he himself did not, not, not move you, on not, not, not you well i'm sure he was asked about it but uh you know it was a wide-ranging interview i saw some of the highlights and it uh, just, uh, I don't understand. I, I do understand why that's a news story, but that has nothing to do with what's going on right now. Uh, then you have the Yankees beating the Mariners yesterday, 4-2. to two. Luis Castillo, five innings, uh, four hits, three runs, four walks, three strikeouts, two home runs. Johnny Brito, five and two-thirds innings, two hits, one walk, three strikeouts. Uh, has Luis Castillo's year with the Mariners been surprising to you? Uh, has it been good or bad? I don't know, right? What do we think of it? Um, you're asking the wrong guy about Luis Castillo. Um, you know, he was a, a, a perennial underachiever when he was with the Reds. Uh, they traded. They got a ton in return for him. Some of the guys uh, that uh, you know, produced, you know, you know, helping the Reds right now 
uh, were in that deal, and most of those guys are still in the minor leagues. So they definitely maxed out when they traded him. Uh, interestingly enough, he almost got traded to the Yankees. And uh, you know, the fact that you know, Castillo in the bigger spotlight games performed horribly when he was in Cincinnati. He did a nice job last year once he got traded to uh, Seattle, but I uh, didn't think it was an accident last night in New York City uh, that he imploded against the Yankees, whose offense has been terrible uh, since Aaron Judge went down. I'm not a Castillo guy, obviously, um, but uh, you know I understand the uh, the I understand the fascination because he's got you know amazing skills, but he just uh, he it seemed like when he was not seemed like when he was in Cincinnati, the first thing that went wrong for him in a game, he just completely mentally imploded, and it just you know, basically his lack of mental toughness to overcome the simplest of defensive mistakes, for instance, or a bad call by the home plate umpire and a ball strike thing. It just got, it just became the worst scenario possible for him on a regular basis. Uh, you have the the series here continuing today with the Mariners sending Brian Wu and the Yankees sending Domingo Herman. Uh, you have the Dodgers beating the Angels yesterday 2-0. Shohei Otani, seven innings, five hits, ru- one run, two walks, one home run, 12 strikeouts. Ended up being a bullpen game for the Dodgers as they started Gratriol. Grad- two innings pitched, one walk, three strikeouts to get things started for the Dodgers. And the Dodgers bullpen, which is, you know, we mentioned last week, 15th in the National League. There's 15 teams. Uh, in bullpen earned run average, it's moved up to 14. And the last two days, their bullpen has shut out the Angels. Uh, the Angels, will they ever, uh, I can't ever take them seriously, but they're, you wonder if they're ever going to beat the Dodgers. They've lost every game to them in the uh, freeway series, The you know, several of those now over the last couple of years. You know, they came into this series, the Angels hot. The Dodgers playing the worst baseball we've seen them play for some time. They played two games at Anaheim, and the Angels scored zero runs, and the Dodgers win both games. In their bullpen yesterday, they went bullpen from one you know, start to finish. Their bullpen threw nine shutout innings yesterday against the Angels. Otani pitched very well. However, he was 0 for 7 in the two games in this series. Mike Trout was 0 for 8 in these two games. And I'm pretty sure that's 0 for 15 between the two guys that are supposed to be providing your offensive punch for you. Uh, I will never be able to take the Angels seriously until they actually either A, make the postseason, or B, do something in the postseason. The Giants beat the uh, Padres 4-2 to two yesterday. The series continues uh, with Blake Snell, 3-6, and 3.48 ERA, 93 strikeouts. Alex Wood, 2-1, 4.11 ERA, 34 strikeouts here. And just kind of a bit of a reset across the NL West. The Diamondbacks atop 45-30. and 30. They're currently leading over the Nationals, 2-1 in the top of the six. The Giants at 42-32, and 32, two and a half games back. The Dodgers, 41-33, and 33, three and a half games back. The Padres, 35-39, and 39, nine and a half games back in the Rockies. Rockies at 29 and 48, uh, if it matters, 17 games back. 
the Padres don't matter either, by the way. So if they get back to 500, you can, you know, you know, just a suggestion, don't even mention their existence until they at least get back to 500, and then maybe they got a chance. Last night, the Giants went again. They've won 10, 10 straight games now. Uh, they went bullpen also yesterday. Uh, I don't know how they do this, but it's been working out really well for them. Uh, they've done the bullpen thing 11 times this season. They've somehow won eight of those games, which is usually uh, the bullpen game is a recipe just to try to survive. Uh, they're eight and three in those games. They've won 10 straight, as I mentioned. They've won 25 of their last 34 games. They're now a season-high 10 games over 500. And, of course, uh, after today, they uh, host the Diamondbacks for a three-game series this weekend in San Francisco. And actually, that 20, uh, 25 out of 34 uh, stretch that they've had, that was after they got swept here by the Diamondbacks last month. You know, you kind of just said it there that it, the the surprising part, you know, the bullpen with all their starts that they've made, eleven of them winning eight. Is it j- overall just surprising that they're currently second in the NLS, two and a half games back, and now all of a sudden this series upcoming here uh, means a lot? Absolutely, it is, and we will talk about the Giants in detail tomorrow in the Sports Zone at nine fifteen. You know, is this just a hot streak, or are they actually good? Yeah, we have to kind of figure all of that out uh, for Major League Baseball. But when it comes to the Diamondbacks and how things are going, uh, they'll be headed into the bottom of the sixth here as they remain on top two to one. Tommy Henry's through five. He's given up six hits, one run, one walk, three strikeouts, uh, and has one home run, 61 pitches, 42 strikes thrown so far. It is poll question time on the other side of the break. So we'll dive into that. KDOS1060.com and on Twitter at KDOSAM1060. Still time for you to cast your vote. We'll answer the questions next. It is the extra point right here on KDOSAM1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Every Monday night, check out Ray Adams as he hosts the Monday Night Golf and Lifestyle Show from 6 to 7 p.m. here on KDUS AM 1060. 11.37 here on KDUS AM 1060. It's Thursday, June 22nd. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. And it's time now to answer the poll questions. We'll get things started in the segment with the KDOS1060.com poll question. Do you agree with the Suns' apparent complete neglect of adding any depth? This uh, is just kind of as a recap here. You have the trade for Kevin Durant last season, uh, which depleted some depth. Then you have the trade that has yet to go fully into effect yet, but uh, Bradley Beal coming to uh, Phoenix, Chris Paul, Landry Shamit on their way to Washington. Plus draft picks apparently involved in this trade, including tonight. Uh, the Suns one pick at number 52 reports out there that that's part of this trade. And also they're trading that for Bradley Beal. Uh, so the Suns bench hasn't been good really for two or three years. And uh, James Jones 
did a poor job of restocking that bench or trying to reload that bench and uh, made that uh, perfectly clear the last couple of years. This year, I don't think he has anything to do with anything uh, since Matt Ishby has come in and Isaiah Thomas. Uh, I don't think there's any question now that he's uh, been serving some kind of advisory role here. That's been reported the last few days again that he's definitely has an ear, uh, the ear of uh, Mr. Ishby, at least one of those ears, maybe both. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. I just don't know what the hell they're doing. And, uh, yeah, I just, uh, you know, I've, I've been pretty vocal here the last few days, and uh, yeah, I just don't understand how they actually think this is going to work. So depth, I think, is very important. Uh, and, and I think that we saw that play out in these playoffs, specifically with the Nuggets and, and their their depth, their key role players, being able to uh, count on a different player for a different night. We also saw where depth didn't work, where, where if you didn't have the depth, it, it showed up in certain areas when it comes to uh, the, the playoffs this past season. So it's fresh in our minds about it. Certainly here, when you think about Kevin Durant, when you think about Devin Booker, when you think about Bradley Beal, that's three players who can get their shot. That's better than just two. That's better than just one. So defenses are going to have to make choices uh, when defending these players. But you still have to factor in injuries. You still have to factor in fatigue. You still have to factor in foul trouble you still have to factor in all of these things you have to factor in uh just just that you need some some key players to take some pressure off of the stars at times they're stars for reasons role players are role players for reasons and it all has to come together to make a team and have the ingredients to be a championship winning team i will say this though that i don't think the suns are done making moves and so therefore until it's all done I don't know what that depth's going to look like. Obviously, if we're sitting here today on June 22nd, depth is not great. Uh, you just look at how many players they actually have under contract, and it's only five if, if you count that this trade it, it has all going to come to fruition so that that's obviously not going to work when then you factor in how you're really steamrolling ahead to the tier two apron for the luxury tax you're really only going to have an option here for a bunch of guys on vet minimums which that presents you know some depth challenges in itself what sort of players are you getting on vet minimums so certainly it's it's a concerning factor uh but i i feel like it, it's best for me to just say I don't think they're done. So until they are, I can give a more complete answer. Okay. Uh, I don't disagree with that. I just don't know how they could really add anything that's going to make a difference in depth. I mean, what are you going to get for DeAndre Ayton? You're going to get like bargain basement guys that match up salary cap wise that are going to provide you know, the Ish Wainwrights and Josh Kogi type of players who should never even be playing a minute in the postseason let alone in the Kogi's case being played, you know, being played excessive minutes. They're not good. And uh, I, I just don't know how – I don't even really like their, you know, their, you know, their core group. I think they're going a lot – I think they'll win a lot of regular season games, assuming they're not injuries because they've got you know, two of their top three guys, including Bradley Beal, uh, have missed uh, a lot of time because of injury. Uh, last year in Beal's case – Durant's missed time for the three of the last four seasons. So, but I do think if healthy, they'll win a ton of regular season games and just outscore uh, you know, their opponents. 
postseason, there's uh, more of an emphasis on defense from game to game, obviously, and so forth. I, I just I hope I want to be wrong. I've said that a lot here lately. I haven't been that wrong about the Suns the last couple of years, but I just don't see a path to them being a contending team, a legitimate contending team in the postseason in really the near or, quite frankly, distant future with this fantasy basketball approach of the new owner. You know, certainly you make some points here on on the defensive end of the ball, right? Bringing in Bradley Beal, that's kind of been a, a knock. Certainly offensively it hasn't been, but defensively there are some question marks there. Uh, question marks about Devin Booker, question marks just in general about what things are going to look like under, under Frank Vogel and the guys that you do have remaining about being able to play defense. Uh, well, I think we saw that as well really on display in these playoffs is, you know, specifically with the Nuggets and Aaron Gordon being able to have somebody who is versatile enough to to take on several different players positions and do it in a one-on-one setting as well so there's certain question marks about when you're constructing a team for the regular season versus the postseason and how is that all going to to formulate together on paper there's a lot of question marks as we sit here today I'll add one more thing I heard a lot of stupid stuff during the playoffs, and a lot of it was on the TNT, you know, those clowns that are on there. And I don't remember if it was Shaq, Kenny Smith, or Barkley, but one of them actually tried to say that the Warriors won championships by not guarding people. That's complete crap. Uh, you know, Draymond Green, whether you love him or hate him or somewhere in between, he's certainly a good defender and had a lot to do with them winning championships because of his defensive skills. Clay Thompson before the injuries, arguably, if not the best perimeter defender, one of the best perimeter defenders on wing players, not necessarily in durable penetration, but they they won championships because they could defend at at least a, a above average level. So this notion that you can just outscore opponents is complete crap. The masses are undecided. It has remained solidly in a 50-50 split here all show long. Over on Twitter, at KDOS AM 1060, who should Charlotte select with the second pick of tonight's NBA draft? Uh, The options being Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller. Um, I guess the question here is who pairs better with LaMelo Ball, right? Like that's who who they're going to be building around. Uh, so is it Brandon Miller or is it Scoot Henderson? You know, some some theories out there are that if Scoot comes in and is the primary primary ball handler, uh, that opens up LaMelo. He doesn't have to be the primary ball handler so that that could actually open up things on the court better for Charlotte. I also think that the concerns on Brandon Miller off the court are very real. They should not be neglected. Uh, so you then also look at Brandon Miller, his skill set. There's undeniability that he's very good on the court. Certainly his size is something that uh, Scoot doesn't have. I would go in the direction, though, of Scoot. Uh, he doesn't have the off-the-court issues. Yeah, I would take Miller, but I'm not really strong on this. In fact, largely because I've never seen Scoot play, except for some highlight tapes and highlight tapes or – you know, always uh, highlights, and they don't show bad plays. And, you know, I do, I've noticed that I don't know if I've seen Scoot make a shot longer than, like, 10 feet in any of these highlight tapes. 
Uh, so can he actually make a shot uh, when he can't get to the rim? Uh, definitely, he's certainly known to be a creator, etc. cetera. Uh, so we'll see with that. I, I'm of the belief that I don't really care about the position, you know, du- you know du- duplicating positions and who's going to handle the ball or whatever, especially teams that are, in this case, they suck. So get as many good players as you can and figure it out afterwards. The masses are completely undecided now. They're in a 50-50 split. This is on Twitter, at KDOS AM 1060. And we'll find out uh, what, in fact, the direction the Charlotte Hornets will go uh, as the draft gets underway tonight at 5 p.m. on ABC, ESPN, NBA TV. One other basketball note I wanted to bring up here. It's not NBA-related, but it is college hoops-related, and uh, it's coming off of a team that just won an NCAA title. UConn has made a very serious commitment here to head coach Dan Hurley. Six years worth nearly $33 million for Dan Hurley, making him one of the highest-paid coaches. Yeah, I mean, they were really good. He did a really good job. Um, you know, you were asking me questions, and it was, you know, I, you know, I doubted them myself. Uh, they had a weird season from start to finish. I think a lot of people, if not nearly everybody, uh, at the end of the 2022 calendar year, after a quote of the non-conference portion of the season, thought, man, they're the best team in college basketball. Then they had like a four or five week stretch where you wondered, are they any good? And then obviously they got hot and, you know, they, they really, I don't remember any real injury issues where they were missing key players for long periods of time. So I'm not sure why they really had the inconsistency, but you know, for a guy that was you know kind of what, uh, I don't know if he was on the hot seat. I think that's kind of stretching it, but not everybody was all in on, uh, on uh, Danny Hurley before the season or during the season. And now that you win a championship and everything goes perfectly, you give him a six-year contract extension? Were you bidding against somebody else before you gave him a six-year contract extension? Now, it'll be interesting to see as well for some of the UConn players and where they go uh, tonight. You do have Jordan Hawkins. uh, You do have Andre Jackson Jr. And uh, my guy, Sonogo. Um, he's not a first round pick, is he? I assume I don't think he's so. not. Um, so I think he's a really good college player. I don't know how he really, you know, you know translates to the NBA. You know, uh, yeah, Hawkins is a guy that I think a lot of people seem to really like a lot. So we'll see what happens with that. I mean, I would rush, I'd much rather have, you know, Hawkins or Jackson than some of the names that we talked about in, uh, the first hour of today's show, just based on what I saw from college basketball last year, I'd rather have, we know that those guys have a championship pedigree and mentality. Uh, if there's any question about either of those guys having that and Sonogo for that matter, but they can play and I think their game translates in the NBA. Uh, so, uh, you know, that, those will be two guys. I definitely am uh, curious to see where they land tonight and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they landed in uh, on you know, if they dropped a little bit. Uh, be interesting you know, if they go to like a team that's already good. That would be a wonderful fit. It looks like there's been a three-run home run from Cattell Marte here. The Diamondbacks now sit on top of the Nationals 5-1 to one as the game is in the top of the seventh inning. So Cattell Marte here heating up at the plate. 
Yeah, and Kelly's doing a nice job getting this long, getting through this all. You know, they need they need uh, before they go to San Francisco, and you know they didn't have to use much of their bullpen. Well, you know, two of the three days in Milwaukee because obviously Gallon and Kelly started those games. Only one of those two guys is going to start this weekend. Kelly will start. I don't know what day he'll start. Uh, have to you know figure out the rotation. I'll know by tomorrow. Maybe they've already announced it. I just missed it. But Kelly will definitely start this weekend against San Francisco. Gallon is not going to be part of the uh, you know, weekend rotation at San Francisco because he pitched on pitched yesterday. We wrap up this edition of Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060 on the other side of the break. Back with you shortly. HD Radio is here for KDUS AM 1060. Check out your favorite shows and games on 100.7 KSLX HD2. Second edition of Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app, powered by Superbook Sports. Bob, it's that time once again. It is thank you time. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever, and whatever else. The cracks, also our guest today. Excellent NBA draft preview information from Isaac Trotter from 24-7 Sports. Good stuff from him. We've had him on a couple times, and uh, after the summer league gets rolling here a little bit, I'm thinking we might get him back again, and certainly in the future uh, for NBA draft in- information. Also, Saturday, courtesy of ESPN, NBA G League, Bally Sports Arizona, NBA TV, and LAD 570, the Dodgers flagship in Southern California as they sweep and shut out the Angels in both games at Anaheim the last couple of nights. Special thanks, as always, to uh, Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. And Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next. Up next from noon to 1 o'clock, it is Sports Map Radio Network, followed by the Doug Gottlieb Show from 1 to 3, the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5, and the Sports Zoo with Dave Rooster Bierstein from 5 to 6 tonight. In addition to that... Uh, the NBA draft tonight at 5 p.m. ABC, ESPN, NBA TV. Uh, interesting here, some numbers from NBC about the U.S. Open saying it drew 6.2 million viewers across the broadcast and Peacock for Sunday's final round of the U.S. Open. It's the best since 2019 with 7.3 million on Sunday's final round, which also was a West Coast Open. The U.S. Open continues to love its West Coast U.S. Opens because it's announced it's going back to Riviera in 2031 after after an 83-year absence for uh, Riviera being able to host uh, a U.S. Open. Looking at things at the Travelers Championship on the PGA Tour, Keegan Bradley remains out in front. He's done for the day, 8 under par, uh, 62 for Keegan. Kevin Yu 
This is his first tournament back since, I believe, Pebble Beach back in February. He was dealing with a knee injury. What does he do? He goes out and shoots six under on his first nine holes. He's now six under through ten, so we'll see how Kevin Yu uh, finishes things out for Thursday's first round action. World number one, Scotty Scheffler, he's three under par through eight holes. John Rahm is two under par through eight. Rory McIlroy is one under par through eight holes as some of the top names uh your guy that was in contention uh for the u.s open ricky fowler he's one under par through nine holes so we'll continue to monitor all of that the nfl is looking to reinforce its gambling policy to players the six key rules here number one don't bet on the nfl Number two, don't gamble at your team facility while traveling for a road game or staying at a team hotel. Number three, don't have someone bet for you. Number four, don't share team inside information. Five, don't enter a sports book during the NFL playing season. Six, don't play daily fantasy football. This is, of course, coming on the heels of a couple of more players uh, being suspended this NFL offseason for some gambling violations. Uh, betting at team facilities etc oh so i'm supposed to say something okay <laughs> no. uh should just stop at number one don't bet on the nfl <laughs> there we go uh, as always appreciate you taking time out of your day listening to us here on kdos am 1060 online at kdos 1060.com and with the kdos 1060 app powered by superbook sports uh we will have an nba draft recap with Sean Devaney 10:15 tomorrow in addition to that Bob is going to set up the Diamondbacks in the Giants series with a Giants conversation at 9:15 tomorrow so we will uh, talk to you on Friday as of course it's a Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits chat then